Thanks to Indeed for supporting the Apple Bits XL. This episode is sponsored by Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash applebits. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. And thanks to HelloFresh for supporting the Apple Bits XL as well. Go to HelloFresh.com slash AppleBits12 and use code AppleBits12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the AppleBits XL. Brian Tong here, a.k.a. BTZ, your host, doing the most. For everything good and bad inside the world of Apple, welcome everyone. If you are new to the show, you just decided to give it a shot because I think we have like over a four and a half or even close to five star rating with over 1200 reviews. Y'all are crazy. Welcome. This show is all about kind of the biggest news around the world of Apple and in that ethos. We also talk about other tech as well, but that's the main focus. And we know that this week is kind of like, I would call it the calm before the storm. Not that I know that anything is coming, but I know that things are coming because we know that the M1 iMac and the M1 iPad Pro, those will be releasing and the first shipments will arrive or expected to on May 21st. That's next week. So some people might have them and are working on things with them. I'm not sure who I'm talking about. Anyways, you get the picture. But before we get to the show, let's just cover some orders of business. First of all, call in, be a part of it. Y'all make it so good. All you got to do is record a voice memo on your phone, your laptop, any device, any platform. Send it in to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebitsshow with a Z. And then give me your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. Keep it around a minute 30, and we'll pop it in the show. We're not going to put any calls in today. I kind of want to build up a few more before we get to those because really... I think as the reviews drop and as things come out, you all will have some questions and hopefully we'll have answers. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support all of my content. But the podcast, you get a bunch of perks. First of all, you get early access to my content. You get bonuses at different levels and you get a completely ad-free version of the show. Plus, we got a little Zoom chat. We do some giveaways in my Patreon. Just really fun stuff. And thank you, all of you, for getting through this crazy year and a half and continuing to support me. um, That's amazing. And I'm just really grateful because again, this is not all possible without you all. So thank you so much. Okay. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong. That's how you support the show. But let's get to the stories this weekend. We have, you know, like I said, it's kind of the calm before the storm, but people, obviously reviewers have some of the devices in hand And what are they doing? Well, they're testing them out. They're trying to see how they're performing. So, of course, Geekbench is like the friend before the reviews. So people are Geekbench, you know, performance testing the M1 iMac, the performance testing the M1 iPad Pro. And all results have shown that the M1 iMac pretty much performs exactly on par with the benchmarks from the M1 MacBook Pro the MacBook Air, and the Mac Mini that are all equipped with Apple's first generation of silicon. What also stands out is if you want to kind of compare the new M1 iMac to the previous generation, at least the high-end 21.5-inch iMac, because we're looking at the 21.5, 
is now kind of comparable to the 24. And then the current 27 is maybe comparable to something larger that everyone is waiting to find out about. So the M1 Mac is getting up to 56% faster performance than the high-end 21 and a half inch iMac. The entry-level model is an eight-core CPU and a seven-core GPU. That's important to note because that model starts at 1299. You make the next jump up, you're getting an eight-core CPU and an eight-core GPU. And then the other difference between those that entry-level 1299 model and the 1499 model is that the entry-level model has two Thunderbolt ports. That next step up has two Thunderbolt ports and two USB-C ports. So you get a little more um, expansion from a port standpoint. Also, the M1 iMac benchmarks, eight CPU cores total, right? Just like an M1 base frequency of 3.2 gigahertz running Mac OS 11.3. Now, we also have some results that came in from the iPad Pro. iPad Pro with the M1, also over 50% faster than the previous generation based on early benchmarks. So if you have the 2020 iPad Pro with the A12Z processor, the new M1 iPad Pro in multi-core results is basically 50% faster. Um, Also. You know, there, there have, they are said there was some kind of um, an actual overall higher average multi-core score for the A12X, but they're kind of saying, okay, that's due to some statistical variations. But ultimately, the M1 iPad Pro lines up with the fact that performance on an M1, whether we're talking about an iMac, a MacBook Air, um, Mac Mini, 13-inch MacBook Pro or iPad Pro, is really all on par on all these devices, which is really significant that you don't see any type of significant drop-off. I think what the biggest differences maybe in performance are gonna be comes down to how they manage the heat. We already know the M1 is a really cool chip, but you know when I'm rendering out a 4K video, it was the only time that when I was able to test a review unit where the fan actually went on on the MacBook Pro 13-inch. And so I'm expecting similar results where you are rarely gonna hear the fan Um, But we'll see, you know, different machines do have different types of cooling. And so that's going to matter in the results. But I don't think this having a loud fan for any first gen M1 machine is going to be an issue at all. Like it's it's not even going to register. Also, kind of a fun survey done by CellCell, that's spelled S-E-L-L-C-E-L-L, did a survey to kind of find out... um, how many iOS device owners will buy AirTags, and then what is potentially the most popular color uh, that people might be choosing for the iMac, this new M1 that is still, I mean, every time I put out a video about anything related to a colored Mac, you have the people that are just so angry, and then you have the people that love it. It is so fascinating that we are divided by colors for the iMac. All right, so let's get to Cell Cell's um, results here for their 2021 new product survey you know we've heard a lot about the air tags according to them 60 percent of ios device owners will buy air tags this is a survey based off of 3,000 iphone and ipad owners aged 18 years or older so 60 percent of them are expected to purchase one air tag or at least a minimum of one air tag So, okay. Now, of those respondents, I mean, this is really revolving around 
uh, iOS owners initially. Of those respondents, only 14% of them intended to buy the 24-inch iMac. So, and that, you know, the Mac is not like a gangbuster selling product, but if you look at those numbers, 14%, so we're talking around 300, a little less than 300, uh, 300, around 450 people, right? Around 450 people looking to buy a 24-inch iMac out of roughly 3,000 surveyed. Now, here's the color options based on those people, which they would pick. At number one, what color do you think is the most popular color based on that questionnaire? I'm going to give you a second to think about it. We have red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, and silver. If you thought silver was the number one answer, you are wrong. Blue is the most popular color option with 33.4% of people responding. Silver came in second most popular, right neck and neck with 30.1%. And then you had green at 13.4%. The least popular color options are yellow at 6.8%, pink at 4.1%, and orange with 3.3%. They where's Where's the purple? Purple is, my colors are purple and green. Purple must be somewhere in the middle there, but they actually, yeah, in this report, they didn't even say where purple fell. That's that's a shame. That makes me sad. But I I love personally, purpley. Personally, I love purple and I love green. Those are my two favorite colors. Now, again, 61 60% of iPhone and iPad users also intended to buy an AirTag from that. 54% of those people feel that the AirTag is a good deal. 32% feel it's reasonably reasonably priced, and just 14% feel that it's overpriced. Now, among those AirTag buyers that said they were interested in it, 57% are opting for the $99 four-pack, and then the other 43% would be buying them individually for $29. So that's actually a pretty even split in between of it. So it'll be really interesting to see how that happens. Also from this fun survey, just to kind of get a pulse of what people think, 24.9% of respondents are intending to buy a new iPad Pro with the M1 chip. So that's actually higher than um, an iMac. And that also aligns, lines up pretty well, right? Macs are still a key part of Apple's business, but they're not the top selling part. And also the iPad Pro is just so much more versatile now. So 24.9% of respondents say they intend to buy a new iPad Pro. Now, what's interesting about this is that even with the Liquid Retina XDR mini LED display on the 12.9 inch model, 66% of those respondents intended to buy the smaller 11 inch model, which has the same LED display as the previous generation. And obviously that speaks to more consumers because when you think about it, okay, this new iPad Pro, the 12.9 inch, this thing is gonna be a beast for processing. So will the 11 inch. But the screen, this XDR, sorry, it's so, there's so many different displays, liquid retina XDR display which is a mini LED display, it's going to look really nice, really amazing, but how much, when you talk about the general consumer, how much more amazing is it going to be for them that they're going to care that much more to make the jump to 12.9? I th- I still think that this iPad Pro is really going to be geared more towards creatives and professionals because it has the same profile and the same stats that match the Pro Display XDR. So how many consumers really need that? So it'll be really interesting to see how 
consumers actually respond to this iPad Pro. My hunch is that the XDR display on an iPad Pro does not make it a gangbuster seller. It's a lot of money to invest in also. I think, if I recall right, I think it starts at $10.99 for an entry-level model. That's that's a nice chunk of change. Once you upgrade it, once you beef it up a little bit, you're easily getting into that $1,500, $1,600 range. And now we're talking about a laptop before you even buy the Magic Keyboard. So, um, you know, again, the iPad is just too good in a weird way. I've always said that. But if you're a creative, I think it could potentially be opening up some more doors in we're really going to have to wait and see what happens at WWDC to really get a sense of what is going on with the iPad Pro and, and its future. And I hope that I hope that they show us something. All right, if any of you have pre-ordered already for the iPad Pro or the iMac, you might have seen a little memos saying that uh, your order had switched to a shipped status. Everyone started getting giddy because it's so early. Could we actually even see these? A few days earlier now, with the expected launch on May 21st, typically the answer would be no. But, you know, you never know. Some We have seen some people maybe get it like a, a day earlier at times. But the fact that it's already been switched, the flip has been switched to many people's orders being a ship status, that's kind of a big deal. There are some people on Twitter that were complaining like, uh, everyone is getting a ship status, but I'm not. Is, is mine coming later? Because most people got that range when they ordered that said May 21st to May 27th, if they got in that first window, it doesn't mean you're getting your order on May 21st. So we'll see what happens here. So not only was this for the M1 iPad Pro, but also the M1 iMac, both of them kind of had their status flipped over from preparing to ship to shipping. And I was like, ah, I mean, look, it is exciting. And when you're buying new goodies of anything and it ships earlier or it gets you earlier, it's a good day. All right. Thanks again to Indeed for sponsoring the Apple Bits XL. I've been independent and really every decision and hire I make matters. Hiring is just one of those things that you do not want to mess up with. You need to hire great people if you want to take your business to that next level. And with the stakes this high, there is really only one choice, Indeed. Now, let me tell you why. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, Post, screen, and interview, you can do it all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster and only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed, Instant Watch gives you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately. There's also Indeed skills tests that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests or add your own and then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 credit sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. And thanks again to HelloFresh for sponsoring the podcast. Enjoy restaurant quality meals for less in the comfort of your home 
HelloFresh's gourmet recipes like balsamic fig sirloin. They're over 72% cheaper than an average restaurant meal, according to Zagat's dining survey. Now, I'm always looking forward to cooking with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. I've been subscribed to their service for a while, and they're offering you now 12 free meals, including free shipping, when you go to HelloFresh.com slash AppleBits12 and use the code AppleBits12. HelloFresh offers 25-plus recipes every week, featuring a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients. There's no way to get bored of the options, and then there are times where I wish that I could get the same dish again. HelloFresh offers convenient, contact-free delivery that comes right at my doorstep, so they make it as easy as possible, and I need that with my limited time. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make with steps and pictures to really guide you along the way. I like to keep the recipe cards that are also standouts for myself. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need with customizable orders every week. You can add extra proteins and sides to change up the serving size when you have guests or just double up on your favorite recipes. Now, I've tried so many dishes and I've never had one that really fell flat, but I'm looking forward to try this new one, Kiko Man Tropical Teriyaki Pork Bowl Dish. I'm a sweet flavor guy. I love that porky flavor. If it's nice and fatty, I could be a very happy camper. But being as busy as I am, I'm still at home. I'm cooking at home. It saves money. And most of the recipes take about 30 minutes or less. I've been using the service for years. So go to HelloFresh.com slash AppleBits12 and use code AppleBits12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Now, we also have some fun rumors that I don't, I mean, it's, I guess it's gaining some traction, but it doesn't make sense to me. There's a rumor, a rumor that, uh, according, uh, allegedly, Apple is potentially planning to announce the third generation AirPods and a hi-fi Apple Music tier on May 18th. So that would be May 18th next week. I believe that's a Tuesday. So, you know, would they make an announcement right before a product launch, like in the same week, just to distract from that or take away from it? I That doesn't make sense to me, but what is really interesting is, okay, fine, we got the AirPods third generation that are expected to look like the current AirPods Pro, not have the rubber tips, potentially not have noise canceling and some of the advanced features, but still be AirPods that look like AirPods Pro, but aren't Pro. So that that's kind of one of those things. Another part of this puzzle is that, according to a recent report, you know, it'll still be part of their $9.99 Apple Music tier. But there's reports that Apple plans to finally include hi-fi music streaming, or I don't know if we necessarily call it lossless, but higher quality audio, much like Tidal is doing. Um, there were reports that Spotify was doing something similarly, that that could be happening. So if those two announcements come together, Right now, the rumor is the 18th. I, To me, it would just make more sense to at least do it the week after, but we'll see. And then if you weren't sure if this Hi-Fi Apple Music tier was coming, um, whether it comes next week or not, a recent report from a discovery in the Apple Music beta for Android is confirming that this is coming and it is in the works. We don't know officially when it's coming, but it is because in kind of like the descriptions or the warnings, it it actually says lossless audio files preserve every detail of the original file. Turning this on will consume significantly more data. So it gives a little bit about the specs and the range of lossless streaming, but it really comes in as a warning in the Apple Music beta of how much more data it will take. So that's definitely coming. We're just going to have to wait for it to actually arrive. All right, who wants iPhone news? Do you... Do you all think that you could probably 
make up your own new story about the iPhone 13 by now? I think I could. In fact, I'm going to do it right now. No, I'm not. But look, the latest report from Digitimes is saying that Apple is intending, and we know this, to use a significantly smaller Face ID sensor chip in iPhones and iPads from late this year onwards. Well, late this year is already, look, the iPad Pro is already out, so it's not happening there. But late this year and onwards would be talking about, dung, dung, dung. Yes, the iPhone. So Apple's reportedly chosen to scale down the size of that die chip for this, you know, from the components in the Face ID scanner. And this will not only help cut production costs because chips can now be produced on one single wafer. It's also going to reduce the total wafer output. That notch is going to get smaller. Yes, thank you very much. And is expected to be used in new iPhones and iPads released from late 2021 and onwards, which I'm still curious how long they're going to stick with the notch because yes, many of you have told me like, oh, this is the signature feature for an iPhone or every phone looks the same without it. And I'm like, but it'll just look so much cleaner without the notch. And it makes me really wonder how long they're going to ride with this. You know, are we talking about, okay, we got iPhone 13 with a smaller notch. Are we going to see another three or four years before it goes away? I mean, we know that fingerprint sensors in the display have already been shown to be incredibly accurate and fast now with, I think they're in their second generation, um, on Samsung devices. So is Apple going to jump on board next year? Or because this notch is smaller, are they going to keep it there for a while just because it's smaller? I mean, wh- why would they just do a notch, a smaller notch for one single year? I, I, I don't, I haven't seen that from Apple in a long time to just kind of do a one year upgrade and then move on to the next thing. I don't think it's happening, but either way, the notch will shrink. It'll still be there. And for those of you that really identify with your phone, having a notch, well, you got to keep it. So congratulations. Now we know that there's been plenty of AirTag stories. Uh, you know, you've seen a bunch of videos. I talked about my lost and found challenge where I threw four out um, of both Apple AirTags and Tile Pros, and we kind of went through an exercise to see which ones we could get back and which ones were actually returned to us. I can give you an update that as of now, none of the AirTags or Tile Tag, Tile Pro Tags that I have not retrieved have been returned to me. Now, for Tile Tags, there's no system that allows them to truly message you directly or call you to pick that up. You have to kind of go to the spot where you see it. And I've clearly seen people have them. They're somewhere in, in a general vicinity like at people's residences now. But for the Apple AirTags, no one has contacted me, even though they are all claimed as lost. I can see the general area where they're at. I went over to the Toyota um, car sales sales place. What, what do you call it? <laughs> Why can't I even, my brain can't even think. I went to the car lot, the Toyota car lot. Oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. And, um, you know, when I went there, the actual location then updated and changed to be about a quarter mile away. Well, I've come back home now. It still shows me that that air tag is in that car lot. So it's maybe it's someone who's bouncing around that general area. But when I got there on site, the location jumped and I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go to someone's house. I'll go to public places but I'm not going to go to someone's house. So just as an update, whatever it is, a week, week and a half later, is it a week later? None of my air tags have been returned yet. So it just tells me a lot. If this is just a generic key, 
what's going to happen when it's something more valuable, like a bag? Is someone going to be really inclined to return it? Maybe they will. I don't know. But we know what the current status is. So this is kind of a fun experiment that someone did. A customer in the UK successfully used Find My's network to track an air tag that they sent by mail to a friend in a completely different city. So they dropped the air tag in the envelope or a package. And uh, he said he taped it to a piece of card, wrapped it in a bubble envelope, sent it on its way. He lives in a small town of Stratford upon Avon. I don't know that because where that is because I'm not part of the UK area. And then he shipped it to a friend near London. So using the Find My app, he was able to keep track of his AirTag's whereabouts, including its arrival at a shipping facility, um, a highly automated mail processing center. Here's the thing, right? These are This is fun. This is a fun idea. And everyone, it's inter- I kind of feel like everyone just believes it's super accurate. And don't get me wrong. I think it can be accurate, but where it checked in and told me an AirTag was for 24 hours. And when I went to that location, right when I got to that location with 150 feet on my app, it all of a sudden teleported uh, three quarters of a mile away. So, you know, I think these are fun stories, but who cares if you can't even recover it, right? So it's like, hey, I tracked it. I I just think that these stories are, oh, you're able to track it. Guess what? You can track a tile too, and it's going to be hard to get a tile back as well. So I, I think it's a fun thing that they did, but I don't think it means squat unless you actually retrieved it. And for me, in LA, in a densely populated area, I have not been able to retrieve it. Now, Apple TV, can't wait for Ted Lasso coming out July 23rd. Uh, I can't remember when Apple said they were last going to shut down our free service. I think now it's been roughly, at, what is it? Did it start like not, did it start like a year ago from September, November of 2019? Yes. So of 2019, September, November, October, sorry, around there, that's when the Apple TV Plus trial started. They've continued to extend it. I thought the last time it was going to extend it was through June. Well, it's still June. My my guess is maybe they cut off people right when Ted Lasso season two hits. Kind of like, oh, we're almost there. And you got to sign up to watch Ted Lasso. And guess what? I'm going to sign up to watch Ted Lasso. That show is freaking amazing. It's just such a feel-good show for the perfect time. It's funny. It's smart. It's witty. It's good. It's grown up. It's a grown show. So still waiting for Apple TV Plus potential paid subscribers separate from the Apple bundle, but let's let's get both of those numbers out there. We're, well, guess what? We don't have them, but I can tell you one thing. Disney Plus has now hit over 103 million global paid subscribers. They reported that in their recent Q2 earnings. This is a behemoth. I talk about it a lot on this show because, look, I think Apple's investing in you need hits like Ted Lasso. You need to have them go for a few seasons. I don't, I would argue, other than Ted Lasso and The Morning Show, which has taken a long time for us to see season two, I don't know if there's any shows that I have said I've got to come back there for. And I know a lot of you throw different ones out there, but literally shows that I would pay $9.99 for. So Ted Lasso, I would pay for over The Morning Show. I, the Morning Show, I'm kind of like, oh, okay, it was, it, was a, it was a really good show when it was free, and I really enjoyed it, but am I going to pay for it? Probably not. Um, but Ted Lasso, 
you know, I'll wait for all the episodes to come out and watch it. I'd do that. So according to Disney, right, they hit that milestone. They were they wanted to hit 60 to 90 million subscribers by 2024. That was their projection. They hit 103 at the end of 2020. And do you realize, like, we're just sniffing what Loki's coming out in June? We're so close to that. Oh, goodness. I'm, I can't wait. There's so much Marvel content coming out. Loki show's coming out. Um, what else is coming out this year? Why is my brain totally farting? Now, we have the What If Marvel series. Miss Marvel is coming. Uh, Hawkeye is coming. I feel like I'm missing a show. Whatever, you will all yell at me about it anyways, but uh, I think we, we'll have to see. Disney Plus is dominating right now uh, just from a new subscriber standpoint, and it's hard to look at all the movies that they're throwing us thrown at us. All the properties stars, what, Mandalorian Season 2 is coming out, I think, uh, sometime like December or towards the end of the year as well. I, who Who's not going to watch that? I mean, there's someone, maybe one person just raised their hand, but uh, exciting times, my friends. Exciting times. We'll, we'll see what happens with Apple TV+. Plus. I think, look, it's a loss leader for them. It's a bonus to be a part of the ecosystem if you're buying their Apple One plan. Um, but it's it's kind of like, if we've been able to have it free for a year and a half, I mean, is that compelling enough for me to say, oh, I got to have it when I just had it for a year and a half? I guess they're trying to really lock me in. They ain't going to lock me in. And then before we go, we we do need to acknowledge and say goodbye to a good friend of ours. Um, the the Space Gray Mac accessories have been discontinued by Apple. The iMac Pro we know is dead, is gone, has left us. Um, and that also means that the Space Gray Magic Mouse 2 has also left us. So uh, I'd just like to give a, a moment of silence for that, the keyboard, and the Magic Trackpad. Because now y'all get colors. <laughs> oh man, I, I still it still makes me laugh how strongly opinionated and opposed people are to the colors and how many, like I get I've never seen the Apple community so divided or so polarized over the iMac colors. I just I've never seen anything like it for a long time. It's crazy. We'll we'll see what they look like in person. I'm I'm excited to see them in person. So All right, everybody, that's going to do it. I told you kind of a quicker show this week, but thank you once again to everyone for supporting. Look, first of all, we got to give big props to our Patreon Platinum Apple supporters at the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Eric Cohen, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you for your contributions. Thank you for your amazing support. Also, patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support this show. $2, $5, which is a cup of coffee, 10 to 25, the $100 Platinum Apple level is how you can do it at patreon.com slash Tong. Okay, enough of that. Everybody, look, I'm just going to tell you right now, stick around. Next week, we got some special guests related to potentially stuff that's coming out that I can't say. No, I can say it. No, I can't. Whatever. I got special guests for next week. You want to come back. Uh, hopefully, we get some questions answered. I asked you all to kind of throw out questions that you might have for the ipad pro team if you could potentially ask them and uh we'll see if anyone answers them all right (laughs) teaser that's gonna do for this week everybody remember call in applebitsshow at gmail.com is how you participate thanks so much we'll talk to you soon it's the apple bits xl baby peace